Hello and welcome to episode two of Whose Team Is It Anyway? Uh, my name's Andrew Anderson, uh, hosting today, um, and I'm joined uh, as ever, I'm saying as ever as though everyone obviously knows this, uh, first by Scott. How you doing, Scott? Hi, Andrew. Happy to be here. How are you? All good in the hoods. And uh, Idi. Evening, Andrew. Evening, Scott. It's great to get into the second episode. Can't wait to see what team we have now. Indeed. Uh, but to introduce that team, well, let's take us through the concept first. Um, if you haven't listened to the first one, that's OK. Although I'd strongly recommend you go back and listen to it. Um, what we'll effectively do is every week we'll have a special guest. We'll run through their their own personal best 11. Um, any player in the world, not limited to just Rangers players. And um, the panel, as it were, will kind of dissect them and uh, judge them harshly or not so much, uh, depending on their choices. Um, we're also doing a competition as we go. Um, I'm hosting this week um, and the two other panellists don't know the team in advance. So they will try and guess the uh, the player um, before we uh, confirm who it is. Just to just to keep things interesting. I think we're going to figure out something that results at the end of that apart from bragging rights, but we'll get to that bridge when we come to it. Uh, anyway, without further ado, uh, let's introduce our guest. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Evening, lads. How are we doing? Looking forward to this. Excited to be on. Yeah, it should be a good one. See, I was the professional there. I waited to let them two talk over each other before saying, <laughs> evening, Dave, thanks for joining us. Another edit point? Nah, that's fine. I'm not editing. I'm the one who has to edit it, so that's fine. That's staying in. Um, right. Let's, uh, let's not do any more fanning about. Let's get right into the meat and potatoes of why we're here. Uh, Dave, your first player the goalkeeper um an international player made 42 senior appearances for the national team um and has played for let's see a couple of players a uh, couple of places rather um Besiktas Hull City is it ringing any bells for Iddy or Scott Alan McGregor uh, yeah, well, I'll give, I, oh, we never done the coin toss, so I, I think it was first, but yeah. Um, you I, I you went that. last time, and that's probably the only one I'm going to get right, so I, I jumped in. <laughs> that was right and fair to do. Uh, yes, Eddie, you're absolutely correct. Uh, Scott, unfortunately, you get the uh, the downside of going second there. Uh, the first player on Dave's team is Alan McGregor. Dave, talk us through your choice. Uh, this is one I did I chopped and changed as I changed a few through the week uh, it, for me McGregor's just only recently this season even though it's been Noy's best personal season probably overtaking Gorham in terms of delivering big special memorable moments and big games against Celtic against teams in Europe in particular where he's excelled and I know we're in the kind of uh, very much in the swan song of his career but for me the longevity he's had, his contribution and by game bouncing back for injuries, he's just about shades it for Gorham. And this was sort of 
I don't know, I don't know if it's heart ruling head or head ruling heart, because I love Andy Gorham as we all do for his contributions as a player, but maybe it's recency bias, but for me, McGregor now, not just the saves, the mental outbursts, some of his finest moments have been this season and last, shouting at refs, shouting at players, some of the things, his press conferences, the whole package. Yeah. The, the, the guys I've picked in this team tend to be guys I love and identify with to some extent, and kind of that's why I've gone with McGregor rather than any other goalies. I like it. Um, I, I'm surprised that we've gone with a, a Rangers player straight off the back, but um, I, I can't disagree with Alan McGregor being Rangers' best ever goalkeeper now. It, I'm the same as you. I love Andy Gorham. Andy Gorham has been my favourite keeper um, for since I was little, basically, um, right up until last season. I, I think it was midway through last season. I kind of reached the point. Um, Alan McGregor, I can't even remember who it was against, made an absolute world-class save in a game and I just sat there and thought do you know what, he has he's reached that point now that he is probably Rangers' best ever keeper um, he's just turned up time and time again in big games when you need him and and you're right, this season it hasn't been great and it's a shame and I, I wrote in a recent um, blog that I kind of wish he'd retired at the end of last season so he could have went out the hero um, but for his contributions over the span of his career, how often he's bailed us out in games. I think he's an absolutely superb keeper. I think it's, uh, I think it's more of a hard choice though for favorite ever goalkeeper or well, uh, best ever goalkeeper. Favorite it can be, but um, no, I like it. Good choice. Um, yeah, uh, I know you and I have discussed this before, Dave, in one of our many intellectual conversations that Andy Gorham for maybe a season was maybe the best in the world at one point, arguably. But longevity, I agree with you completely that McGregor has just shaded it. Um, his performances, especially in Europe, um, I definitely agree with his personality. Just so I had no endangering the safety of an opponent, you know, because <laughs> I get mail on that for winning the ball, if you know what I mean. So just that shouting at everybody, that, that time we lost the equaliser against Hamilton, and then the interview after the game, it's no good enough, not, it's no one till it's one. The, the man just he epitomises what the club means to us and I think that makes it a sentimental choice but ability wise you only need to look back to some of the absolute world class saves he's made I think I know we all talk about uh, Andy Gorham and Hoydonk's uh, penalty but I genuinely think that no the Werder Bremen but see that save against Slavia Prague yeah. but he brought the ball down one handed just on the line I've never seen a better save in that in my life. That's um, the I save I was well. trying to think of. I doubt it will so. Sparta this season, the double save, when he'd been in a, under a bad run of form and was talking getting dropped, uh, to kind of have the, the grit and determination to come back and make that double save after effectively being written off. And it, he's not really particularly proved since then overall, I would say, but these special moments are still in the locker. And you know, I, I, even in Belgrade recently, couple of chances, they get a few things, most of it was, was well within his kind of uh, his gift to deal with, but he done it and was a big part of his getting through there, so yeah, for me, McGregor's the boy, and his meme potential, as you say, some of the interviews the, the, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't happen thing, and <laughs> L- lucky these days. <laughs> it should just be every press conference for the end of the season, that should be part of this one, sir. Yeah, I'd prefer that to Joe Van Bronckhorst, to be honest with you, yeah, but right. 
Um, just just before we move off, Alan McGregor, because I know we'll, we'll spend a lot of time in the keeper here, but genuinely just the longevity of the career that he's had and what he pulls out. See for yourself, Dave, Eddie, Andrew. See when we've got a penalty deed against us. Do you feel you when the guy's setting up, you're sitting going, I'm, I'm backing the keeper here? I, I've never felt that with any other keeper. But when we've got a pen, we can see the penalty, I just, I don't know, I've got faith in him every time. No, McGregor's, very... McGregor's the only keeper I've ever had that with. Um, I can't think of another keeper who's ever given me that level of confidence when it comes to penalty saves. Yeah, I, I agree. There's, uh, I can't think of another keeper where when a penalty's given, you think, well, do you know what? This isn't a given. There's a good chance he's going to save this. All right. Well, we'll move on. Um, Dave, the format that you sent me, uh, your team in, uh, you've gone with a 4-3-3 uh, for your outfield players, which is all very good and cultured and European and modern and whatnot. Um, but you said to lift your uh, left-sided uh, defender, your your left hand, uh, fucking hell, your left back first, um, rather than the right back. Um, we were discussing this um, pre, uh, pre-recording pre and um, I think we kind of all agreed that the reason why we, myself and Scott at least, decided to go with the right back first is because that's what we used to on FIFA or Football Manager, you know? So um, what, why was that before I uh, start hinting at who this player is? In my head, the lineup just goes from left to right in order you read it. Now you mention it, those, there are alternatives elsewhere. I never really thought about it, but when I'm reading a team sheet, I'm looking for it. I think what we can all agree on now, particularly of our age, is that we loathe and hate squad number based lineups where it goes 1, 3, 5, 14, 27, 38. And it's actually, you have to be good in the lineup and taverniers at the bottom, or taverniers, somebody's at the bottom who should be higher up. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely agree. I remember Rangers tweeted that out once last season and it was absolute carnage trying to figure out what the, the team was. Pet peeve, especially in the modern era where there's kind of fluidity of positions in the outfield areas. I don't know, that's a pity. That would go in my Football Room 101. When we get to that podcast, that's going in Football Room 101 for me. Yeah, when you've got when you've got squad numbers that go up to 50 for your regular outfield team, or even higher if you decide to be completely wild, uh, like some uh, certain teams, um, yeah, it, it just becomes a nightmare. So, yeah, some kind of structure at least. That's all we want. Anyway, let's move on to your right back, Dave. Um, this uh, player started um, as a youth for Fastly Celtic. It's an interesting choice. Um, has had seven loans, um, but uh, has made 233 appearances in its current club with 54 goals, um, but has never made an international appearance. Um, Scott, you've got the first guess. You picked up. Maybe. Is that your final answer, Sasser? I look at interest. <laughs> uh, you're absolutely correct. Uh, James Tavernier. Uh, currently at Rangers and current captain of Rangers as well. Uh, thoughts, views, opinions? Or, no, in fact, Dave, justify your choice first. For me, there's a note of surprise there in Scott's voice about this selection. Uh, if you're smart, you might see a theme developing here, to be fair. But uh, now, for me, Tavernier is, as I've waxed lyrical to you guys and I've waxed lyrical on Twitter about 
up there in the very top echelon of Rangers players now. Excellent player, excellent captain in my view, and maybe that's not shared, and has delivered probably the most consistent output since he walked through the door five years ago. He should. I, I'd like to know this, and we never will know it, but it, it plays my mind sometimes. I wonder where he is in our all-time assist charts. Because we never recorded it, obviously, until fairly recently. He must surely be up there. His goals and assists output from fullback is ridiculous. His energy levels, consistency and fitness are all excellent. And it's obviously been a rough patch the last six or seven weeks at Rangers, which sort of changes the conversation a bit. But I don't think we can overlook Cav on a numbers basis for his contribution over that period. And for me, he's, he's pushed his way into the very, very, very top echelon of Rangers all-time players and is a stick-on Hall of Famer. He's, my, he's the best right-back I've seen at Rangers and it probably, apart from a very select few who played at the very top level who I don't watch that much, Tav is probably the best I've seen in that position in the modern era. Um, I, I, I caveat that by saying that I no, wouldn't have seen huge amounts of other players, but week in, week out, the guy delivers and that's why he's in my team. Uh, Eddie, let's come to you first for reaction thoughts. Um, <laughs> you've caught me a little off guard, to be honest. I wasn't expecting Tavernier to feature in any of the all-time 11s. Um, maybe if we did a, a Rangers-only one, I would have expected it. But I, I, yeah, I'm kind of caught on the back foot, a bit like Tav when it comes to defending, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but, but you're right about um, his assists. He's got to be somewhere high on that all-time assists, especially for a right-back. He, he's probably a top three. Um, he's absolutely fantastic going forward. He's contributed so much to us over the last few years. Um, yeah, I know we've only got the one league trophy to show for it, but that, you, you can't put that blame on him. He's played his part, and sometimes others around him haven't. I think he comes in for a lot of undue criticism when the team doesn't play well. Um I agree with you. I think he's been a brilliant captain. I think, again, it's an easy one to throw out that the old, the old Tav is never a captain um, nonsense that gets labelled his way just because he doesn't scream and shout uh, Butcher-esque and Richard Goff-esque. But he leads by example. He he plays. Um, he's constantly looking for the ball. He doesn't hide. And, and yeah, his defensive frailties are there. But let's be honest, if he had the attacking ability from a right-back that he has, but also was an outstanding defender, he probably wouldn't be at Rangers. Um, he'd exactly. probably be at only one or two clubs in the world, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, he's he's a really good right-back. I'm surprised to hear he's in your all-time 11, but, you know, you've got good reason. And, and if you, the theme of your team is uh, players that you love and you appreciate, then absolutely, who am I to say that he shouldn't be in there? That is very much the theme, just to, at the risk of sort of spoiling it, if you're expecting to get a kind of wide array of European all-time greats, uh, there's a theme, as I'll say. To be, to be honest, what we were expecting was uh, a team that you loved, but we were expecting all La Liga players. <laughs> well, well, you never know. This is true. We've only done two players so far. You know, we've got a long road to haul ahead. Uh, Scott, any uh, any views on uh, Dave's inclusion of Tav here? Uh, I, I prefer not to speak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, if I speak, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> and, uh, um, <clears throat> I personally thought, I know Dave, you're maybe just a couple of years older than me, so I've only seen 
as a child, only seen them latterly, Rangers. Um, for me, I understand, listen, I totally understand the, the reasons for Tav. Um, but for me, I still sit on the Gary Stevens side of things at the moment. Um, maybe it's a personal bias for being grown up as a defender and playing playing as a defender, being told that your first and foremost duty is always to defend. And I think the amount of goals that we've conceded down the right or with Tavernier being out of position, maybe I'm just prone to picking up on that and I don't admire his good points as much. And then the frustration, especially this season, of the amount of poor, poor deliveries that have went in. And albeit that he's completely up there in the, the stats in terms of all-time numbers, I would maybe like to know the ratio of success to failure uh, to judge us a fair comparison on it. But no, I understand the reasons for him being included. But in a personal note, he's, he's not my type of right-back. And, and as far I understand as well, as a captain, I've never been his biggest fan, apart from the fact that he remains relatively injury-free. Um, and I think, despite 55, I, I know I sound like a harsh pessimist here, but that pre-match interview that he done in the programme about other teams smelling blood and nobody able to cope with it and stuff like that, I was like, oh, that, that just summed it up to me. And there's always a wee part of me that sits and goes, I, I still think that, especially as of late, that Rangers have severely lacked a leader on the park. And uh, it's, it's shoulda, woulda, coulda. You're never going to know, but that's just a, my personal view on it. So, I certainly think we could do with more leaders through the team. I'd, I'd agree with that. I think some of the defensive criticism of them's harsh, but it's, some of it's fair. I think with Tab, we'll only really know once he's gone and we'll move on because... We never replaced Stevens for years. A brief flash of Alan Hutton for about eight months was about it until we got Tav. So with positions like that, special talents are few and far between and hard to come by. And I think we will look back on Tav with more fondness than we maybe he's regarded by the wider fan base at the minute. I think I think we will look back on him better. Would you know? Would you know? Sergio Perini. He he was a good player. Maybe, actually, maybe, maybe never get the longevity out of him, but he was actually a good player. You know, actually, I did consider him because I liked Perini. He was a repurposed uh, centre half at Rangers, obviously, but he was very solid, dependable, probably my player of the year in Advocate's second season, and really worked that right back position. Reina played well there as well, but in terms of a kind of overlapping modern fullback, there was yeah. nobody else. I mean, Hutton in, Hutton in that Champions League run. Was the very definition, the prototype for a kind of tough type player. But no, Perini deserves like an honourable mention, I think, because he did really well in that position for that period. But it was more Papachesque and kind of sure and steady than, than yeah. spectacular. And he's also still the reigning hybrid squash champion, just for anybody that wanted a wee bit of pop <laughs> trivia out there. All right. Okay. Well, we got a right back. Uh, let's move on to the centre backs. Um, Dave, your next pick uh, played for Fiorentina, Blackburn Ravers, and uh, also came out of retirement in 2008 uh, for Cosmo of San Marino. He uh, has never again played at international level, but uh, over his career made 338 appearances and got 29 goals. 
Uh, Ivy, any guesses? Lorenzo Amoruso. <laughs> He's on it. He's on it. If the, if the tab one was kind of harshly treated and dealt with this, he's going to get me slaughtered. <laughs> All right. Well, before uh, before Scott and Eddie start sharpening their knives, uh, Dave, talk us through uh, why you've chosen Lorenzo Amoruso. So, first of all, I think the theme now should be clear to the lads and they are ready to kind of down tools probably and find something better to do. But the theme here really is players that I really, really loved and principally played for clubs that I loved. So there's a bit of a, bit of a spoiler. But for me, Amoruso is one guy who I just absolutely adored. From the minute he came into the team with his thundering free kicks and massive headers out, I just, I just adored the guy. Big, strong, quick, very, very smart defender. Good at playing out for the back. The flip side to that is he did have long spells where he was an absolute total and utter liability. And also long spells where he was uh, injured. But when he was good, the Advocates' first good year, the treble, he was amazing under McLeish for the treble again. So that's two trebles, uh, both as captain, I, would, I think. Uh, Ferguson may have been for the second one. Um, are certainly one of the on-field kind of de facto captains. Led the team from the back, scored goals, got forward, won everything, played with his heart on his sleeve, threw himself into everything. The reason I included him really is because as I was thinking about this, I thought, well, I'll go through and pick the great players I've seen and had the privilege to watch and then thought, do you know what? I'm going to go with guys I'm really familiar with and guys I loved. And after the um, 99 Cup final, where he made that great block in the last minute, where he blocked it, he put his arm behind his back, blocked it his shoulder, and Dallas never gave the penalty, to Hugh Dallas's credit. He had such a good performance in that final against Celtic, I went and get my name, or his name in my jersey, and I just thought, nah, do you know what? If you go to the lengths of getting somebody's name, and you feel that way about them at that time, then, uh, aye, you've got to go away. And he had, he had several, but he had good redemption arcs, where he would be poor for ages, and then storm back, like the free kick against Celtic in the 4-2 game and things like that, scoring in the cup final in 2003 and then crying in the park. That's, it, there's a lot of emotion attached to Amoruso for me. He's one of the kind of guys. I think that, the fans reciprocated that generally. And again, that type of defender, four million quid for Serie A, even though he had the bad moments, he was no mug. We wouldn't get near a player like that nowadays. That kind of guy goes for 15, 20, 25 million and ends up in bigger leagues at bigger clubs so well, maybe not bigger clubs but you know what I mean um, so a lot of emotion invested in Big Lorenzo and that's why I've gone for him right, start right. the slaughtering let's go <laughs> right Scott you're up first get stabbing yeah, I'm not going to slaughter you at all Dave uh, <laughs> I, I had the pleasure of interviewing Lorenzo a couple of years ago uh, and the passion that he spoke with about the club again you talk about leaders in the park, you talk about guys that would run through brick walls for the for the club, and he was one of them. Um, one of his lesser known, the the 6-1 game against Infermon, where they laid down to us, remember that one? Um, yep. I remember he had a gash in his leg, and you're talking an absolute back end of a Prairie stutter, right in the thigh, and I remember him screaming at the physio or the medic to staple it or tape it. He's, they would be letting him back in the park and he's lying down and he's just going staple it here I'm gone I'm gone wanting to get back on I'm like I, I don't know what it is whether it's your toxic masculinity these days but see when you see a right defender that's just 
that hard and just wants to run through it. Because let's let's not beat around the bush. He wasn't a soft player either. He, he was very physical and he never flinched a tackle, never flinched a header, never shot it. Came up with a couple of memorable goals for us. Uh, again, the, the Dundee Cup final. And I think after that game, listening to him speak about how he wanted to stay, he didn't want to go. I mean, I remember my mum sitting crying. <laughs> um, so, no, uh, Lorenzo for me, whilst he's not up there with the Berezis and the Maldinis in this world, he was our Berezi or Maldini, if that makes sense. And I, I, I totally get the, the sentimental selection for him in there. And uh, all I'm going to say is if, if this is the theme of the team going onwards, if you tell me at the end that your manager's Walter Smith, I would back this team to make a 1 0 anywhere, you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, we'll see. I'm not picking a manager, need to think on that as we go through, but obviously Walter will be in the running. Uh, Eddie, your views on the uh, choice of Lorenzo? Yeah, if if the theme of this team is uh, players you love, then how can you slag big Lorenzo? He was absolutely brilliant for us when he came in. I know he, he obviously got injured, but was his debut, he came off the bench to replace Petric in the, against Celtic in the Cup. Yep. And I, I think he was it Larson he booted into the crowd just about? And uh, if, if that's how you're making your debut, you, you know, you're setting yourself up for all the fans to love you. But not just that, he came up with some big goals. He didn't back down from a challenge. And even when things went against him and he was stripped of the, the captaincy, he didn't quit. He could have quite easily down tools and went, right, that's it. I'm not playing for this club anymore. But he didn't. He continued put in his all um, and he was just a you're right he, he was just such a good defender that these days we wouldn't get near a player his quality and he's the type of guy who I'd love to go and share a Baileys with well just on that note as you gents know I quite like my cooking uh, Lorenzo starred in Italian Masterchef I think he made a win from memory and he also wrote a cookbook really was it Rangers there you go I'm, I'm not joking. He, when I was that night, I interviewed him. He said that this was his last appearance because uh, he was going on MasterChef in Italy. So um, I think I've got that actually downloaded somewhere, but I, I keep meaning to watch it. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, you know, just the Italian housewives were going to be tuning in for Big, big Ammo. Oh, absolutely. In fact, fun fact, just in case my modern studies teacher's listening, she was a big blue nose. She had a wee cupboard where you kicked all the jotters and when you opened the door, it was the, the full-size picture of Amo and his kilt. There you go. All right, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the first uh, player that we've had who was on uh, any kind of MasterChef. Um, but we'll see as we go on, you know. Um, so we're going to pick your other centre-back here, Dave. Uh, this guy played for Villarreal, Inter Milan and Cagliari. Um, and has made 157 national team appearances. Uh, Scott, I believe you're next up for the uh, for the first stab at this one. So, sorry, I was on mute. The Villarreal bits getting me. Played for Villarreal and Cagliari. Um, it's the villa. See, see if I was sitting trying to think of inter centre halves, but I'm trying to think of inter centre halves that never left. Um, if I can give you another clue, because I'm nice like that. No, 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 no,
I think he must have played for Atletico as well. So I'm going to say the Uruguayan boy is a uh, Godin Diego Godin. Damn it! That's he's done it. He's pulled it out the back. You're you're entirely correct, Scott. That's Diego Godin. See if he didn't play for Inter, I would have never go with that. Alrighty, Dave, talk us through your next pick. Again. As I've said, emotional choice, but also a top class, world class defender on his day, Godin. Brilliant in the air, quick across the ground, solid tackler. Loved a bit of the shithousery, being a Uruguayan and playing for Atletico, which I'm a big fan of, and gave the club one and came close to giving it two of its most memorable moments. The one was the equaliser in the new camp to clinch the title in 2014 on the last day for the first title since 96. And then he scored in the Champions League final the week later, which didn't quite pan out. Uh, for and the listener who doesn't know, I'm an Atletico fan, I'm a second team. So um, he was the leader of the team for five or six years, almost ever-present, but like uh, Coral Goldson, solid defender, really David Weed-esque in his reading of the game. Very upright defender, like Weir was, um, but deceptively quick. And just read the game fantastically. And a leader, a leader of men, and a guy who was just commanded respect. Um, no, I, I think that's entirely fair. Uh, let's uh, let's come to you first, Scott. Then uh, you know, talk us through what you know about this guy, and uh, if you think he's a uh, a, f- a fair pick. Uh, well, for, firstly, I'm going to say. I'd- I will never question Dave on his La Liga knowledge. Uh, I know he's lived he's lived in Spain, and I know he's in. Uh, uh, when we talk about people following a, another team, or you, you know that way you keep an eye on a team. Dave follows this team as well. So, um, from what I've seen of him, the majority of his time was the the Milan uh, after he left, um, and. The weird esque comment really sums it up for me. A very good reader of a game, a bit older, but he just he read it so well. I mean, obviously, I remember seeing him in Europe, but I never seen him in La Liga, so I, I can't comment too much. Apart from that, in World Cups, a strong centre half, and I, I, I would say for a big man, quite an agile centre half as well. But whether that, that's maybe just down to his reading of the game, but another thing that Dave said for me that really stuck out was the shithousery. He knows how to be. Quite frankly, a bastard, and we've not got enough of that in football these days, and we've certainly not got enough of that in the current Rangers team. But yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm with Dave on that one. I'm happy with that pick for as little for as little as I've seen him uh, on the sheer fact that every team should have an absolute shit house. All right, uh, any uh, anything to add? Any uh, any uh, other views? I'm a fan of the pick. Um, I used to quite like Inter Milan around about the time that he signed for them um, I wouldn't say I was a fan or anything but I, I quite enjoyed watching them play um, uh, and I quite liked Uruguay um, when I was younger as well and I think he's their all time leading caps uh, for Uruguay I might be wrong on that but I'm pretty sure um, that he is so I, I've seen him play a couple of times I, I think they're right he's a kind of uh, a bit of a uh, hard man when it comes to it and um, can be a bit of a shit to play against and I like that in a defender um, so I, I think it's another good pick I like it 
Uh, he is the most capped player for uh, for Uruguay. Yeah, uh, Suarez is behind him, but by 15. So you know, I think it shows how much he's rated uh, at the national sure. level as well. I wasn't sure if Suarez might have overtaken him by now, but yeah, not yet, not yet. All right, well, we'll move on to the left-back choice uh, by Dave. Um, this guy's probably going to be familiar to a few, uh, but Eddie, you're going to be first up with a guess. Uh, played for 20 and PSV Eindhoven and made 45 appearances for his national team. I'm, I'm, I could give more, but... Sorry, no, no, I was on mute. Um, is I'm it Arthur Newman? That's absolutely correct, Eddie. Very good. We're neck and neck at the moment. This is um, for, for anyone who's not listened to the last one, uh, don't because you'll you know hear me failing abysmally at all footballing knowledge um, as we went through Chris's team. So we're keeping it tight. Uh, but yes, Arthur Newman. Just apologise there to Dave actually. <laughs> and he's and he's like Newman. I'm sitting on yep. I'm like no. <laughs> Please, I'll, I'll go on mute while it's Eddie's turn. Mate. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so quite all right. Uh, yeah, Dave, uh, talk us through uh, Arthur Newman and why he makes your left back. This was the hardest position to pick for me, the one I kind of flip flopped on. I had originally went for Felipe Luis, the Atletico left back, the kind of tight one and ten, same time as Godin. Then I went for David Robertson. Then I did Papach in my head. Then I came back round and thought Newman because one. Newman is probably technically overall the best that we've seen at Ibrox. Uh When we signed him, it was so massive to get a guy who was coming straight from a kind of top-level European side. At a time when European transfers like that were less common than they are today, just generally across Europe, and that was when the kind of market was opening up for, especially in England, foreign players coming. And he was so glamorous at the time. And obviously his ability was beyond question, but I remember... Been holiday uh, down south at the time of the 98 World Cup when he'd already signed for us and been out watching games in, in pubs and stuff. And the uh, guy's going, Who's this? Who's this left back for Holland? Who's this guy? And been so proud to say that he'd signed for Rangers and he was part of the Advocate Revolution. It just felt so sort of fresh and modern and Dutch and sexy at the time with the Advocate thing coming in. So I've, I've come back around to him, but I think what's wrong at the end is because this will kind of tie some of my selections together is that uh, the kind of fun fact with Newman and is that Rangers actually gazumped Atletico to him. He was in Madrid for a couple of days with their mental chairman. I don't know if you guys remember him, Jesus Hill, the kind of mad chairman. He rode about on an elephant at times and was very flamboyant, kind of gangster businessman type. Look him up if you if you're not familiar with his kind of gangster ethos, he was one of the most colourful chairmen. Certainly he still probably is one of the most colourful chairmen to have ever owned a major club and uh, he'd them over, wind and dined them, and then Newman came to Glasgow to see Advocate and see Rangers. And we gazumped then. We but I think reading between the lines we offered Newman more money and he came to Ibrox on going to Madrid. But the kind of the newmont of that story is that a couple of years later, Jesus Hill got his own back on us by falsifying medical records for one Daniel Prodan to basically eradicate the seriousness of a knee injury and his medical documents. And we paid them two million quid for uh, Daniel Prodan. And we all know how that panned out. So Newman sort of inadvertently kind of backwards manner 
Letty's been saddled with Prodan for that period of two years. So there you go. Not a lot of people know that. So Dave, I'm sorry, you're using this as your way of advocating for this player to be included in your team. Well, <laughs> it's, it's a kind of fun story that, that links Rangers to Atletico and it's one of the only because there's never really been a player played for both but I remember reading Newman's autobiography and finding that out and then subsequently finding out the pro-dan angle from Atletico sources uh, <laughs> so there you are. I actually thought you were going to come up there from an interchangeable and fluid use of we, they, them and us when I'm talking about Rangers and Atletico it will change <laughs> 100% but Newman Rolls Royce a player fantastic Left back, could have played on, should have played on, and just delivered quality every time he was fit and up and running. Uh, I, I think that's a good choice. Uh, Iddy, uh, you're first up to, uh, you know, offer your views on that. I love it. It's absolutely fantastic choice, um, given the theme of this team. And even if it had been a different team, I still would have loved it. Absolutely loved Arthur Newman. Um, his signing came at a great point. We just had a, an awful season, but we were getting ready to look forward to a uh, change in style. We're first European um, manager coming in, and he was the, the kind of first player that he brought on board, and it really kind of signified what we were going to be doing, what we were aiming for. Um, watching Newman play at that World Cup and thinking, wow, he's going to be he's going to be playing for Rangers soon was huge when I think I was about 13 at the time and just was really excited for him coming in and he did not let us down um great player the entire time he was with the club would have stayed on at the club if he'd been offered a, a even just a half decent contract i think he would have stayed on i think something like 40 percent of what he was currently on he would have he said he would have accepted but um obviously we were trying to downsize and i think pretty much they they were trying to say they wanted rid of him to try and uh balanced the books so offered him 10% I think that was a mistake we we should have offered him that 40% and kept him on um, just a, a great servant for the club once he got here really bought into it obviously still has fond memories of the club I think he did he stick around in Scotland for quite a while after he retired as well I think he did yeah um, yeah absolutely love the pick uh, a 10 out of 10 choice for me thank you uh, yeah, Scott, uh, any uh, any dissent or happy with that? No, absolutely no dissent there. Um, I agree with Dave. I think technically that he's probably the best left-back Rangers I've ever had. Um, I think, again, what, what Eddie and Dave said as well, watching him at that World Cup, knowing that he'd signed, knowing he was coming, was a bit of excitement. But, the again, an intelligent player, had a great football brain, could, could get forward as well. But he was a leader as well, um, and then uh, I did pick up on the wee. And I had never. It was just a sort of familiar story about the Lure Rangers, and it kind of makes you look back and sit and look at it now. Um, compared to that, we've heard the stories before of certain players going to other clubs, getting wined and dined, and then getting brought to Rangers. And I have read it. If you've not read it, it's called Orange and Blue, and it's a it's a great book. Pretty sure you can get it in paperback uh, from all good. Bookstores. Do you want to know a funny story about that book? Go for it. I got it when uh, I must have been about 21 and I was away to get my hair braided. I had long <laughs> hair and I went and got it properly braided because um, I fancied myself as a, a young road dog type player and I went. I actually went to see if I could get cornrows and 
she said she wouldn't be able to do cornrows, but she braided it, and I read that book while having it done. And here Dave comes on and steals your entrance some. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, absolutely no objections to that, Dave. Um, to be honest with you, see, even going with out with the, the theme of your team and players that you love and such like that, I see Newman was genuinely up there with some some of the best left backs in the world. So I wouldn't grudge ever having him in there. Um, I'm pretty sure he, he does spend a lot of time with Scotland. I'm pretty sure his wife, he, he's he, he's uh, looking after his his wife and family's business now. And I think that the last I'd heard was he, she'd obviously lived the family had supported him throughout his career. So now it was his return. So you, you think of that as well. A, a, gen, a genuine nice guy, a, a guy you were happy to have represent your club, and then even happy to get photos with Celtic fans, giving sly digs towards the back. Just beautiful all round, just an absolute diamond there, guy. So very happy with that, Dave. All right. Well, we've uh, we've squared away the goalkeeper and the defence. Let's move on to the midfield. Uh, first of Dave's three midfielders uh, played for Newcastle, Everton and Burnley, made 57 national team appearances um, and got 10 goals over the course of that. Uh, Scott, you're up first with a guess. Um, any ideas? You can, uh, the Burnley one's throwing me. I know I've got I know somebody that played for Newcastle and Everton. That's the one that's getting me. Um I will concede that the Burnley one is deliberately there to trip you up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right. Because I'm so, so. because I'm being a bastard. Don't um, overthink it. Don't overthink it, so I'd say. Uh, you've got it, Scott. You, yeah, just I'm ignore the Burnley part, you've got it. <laughs> you've got it. Uh, it yes. Yeah, yep. you've got it right. Uh, made six appearances for Burnley in 2002. Who knew, right? Um, yeah, Scott, that's uh, that's 100% correct. Uh, Dave, I don't think you're going to have to argue too hard uh, to convince Sasser and Italy, but uh, yeah, talk us through why uh, why Gaza made your team. He is Paul Gascoigne. He's the greatest footballer I've ever seen in the flesh and should be mentioned amongst the very greats of the game. Loved the guy. Lo- just loved him. The unpredictability, the the banter, the daft stuff, the whole thing. Just absolutely loved them. I don't even need to wax lyrical because we all know. I think that's fair. Uh, Scott, uh, your views on Gaza and his inclusion? I think I think the guys in the pod already know with my current hairstyle choices that the day he <laughs> signed has never left me. But um, <laughs> you, you can't, you can't. A flawed genius. Um, I think we get the best of him. I think he plays totally. best football at Rangers. Totally. I would put that down to Walter as well. Um, I did hear a, a story on the other day talking about obviously Man United buying him the sunbed and paying off his mum's mortgage and buying his sister a car and I, I can't even remember the, the full details. And they were saying, oh, you should have went to Man United. Fergie would have been in Toppy and I was like, I like he was in top of Rooney, like he was in top of Giggsy, like he was, in, you know, so. I, I don't know what it was, but there was a sort of father-son thing there, and I think that, that contributed to getting the best out of him. Um, an absolute genius. Uh, a modern-day George Best. Um, I can't say enough good about Gaza. We all know his flaws, we all know the struggles that he's had, and 
even to be sentimental one at the Legends game they're like seeing him back you know you, you see the joy that it brought to his face to be there it's, he's a man that needs football in his life um, but look, look, you can't not have that love and affection for Gaza uh, whether you're a Rangers fan I'd even say whether you were English as well uh, the, the whole English national team loved him despite <laughs> despite him scoring against Scotland I just you look back at that goal as well and you still go, what a goal. Um, no, not not a bad word to, to, to say about Gaza. His football career, his banter, his dad's doorstep challenges. The, <laughs> the, man, the man was just... All we can say is I wish there were more of him in the game. Uh, Eddie, yeah. Any uh, any dissenting views? Not that I imagine there is, but you know. No, there's there's no dissenting views for that. Loved Gaza um, when he signed for Rangers, and I still lived in Wales. Was a, was a massive Rangers fan then, but the fact that I wasn't at Ibrox when he signed yet, yeah, I can still remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when I found out Gaza signed for Rangers. Is all you really need to know about um, the impact that he had for Rangers and, and how big a signing it was that a nine-year-old in Wales at the time can remember the exact conversation on hearing Gaza signing um, not just that I obviously li- I live in the northeast now um, I live just a couple of miles outside of Newcastle and uh, just this year I had to do some homework with my son where we had to write a little bit of trivia and um, a bit of an essay on a, a northeast legend and with my son now a Rangers fan as well we did a bit of research and I taught him all about Gaza just so we could do some on that was special to me something that connected the two of us but also linked into the northeast legend part as well um so yeah absolutely love gaza love this pick uh, a player who just loved playing just loved football played with a childlike joy every time he stepped out onto the field and especially because of that goal against scotland which i thought was absolutely fantastic at the time and then um seeing how annoyed some scotland fans get whenever it's brought up now just continues to fill me with joy scott i think i think the only thing i want to say that was that that was a nice sentimental heartwarming wholesome story and we don't get enough of those i was expecting a day to say i was in the middle of getting a hairdresser to put an afro in and i found out gaza All right. Well, I, I think yeah. Uh, obviously, Gat, yeah. There, there's no question. Gaza 100% deserves to be in there. Um, I was fortunate enough to be at the Legends game, and um, and yeah, the 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 joy that he brought to the entire stadium there was you know evident. So yeah, it was um, it was fantastic. Um, and yeah, we all uh, wish him well. Uh, right. We're going to go on to the second of uh, your picks, tier Dave. Uh, this is one I had to confirm um, with you just before we jumped on the call to make sure I had the right guy. Uh, he has played for Zaragoza, Al Sad, and one other team 297 times and was born in Madrid. Uh, Eddie, it's your guess. I will be surprised. I don't know if that's a clue or not, but I'll be surprised. Born in Madrid. I'm assuming his other team was Atletico Madrid because it's Dave. Um, I will give you that. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's that's probably going to be an obvious one. Yeah. 
Mm, I'm struggling. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, 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 what's his name? Gabby. Oof. He's got it. He's done it. That is sensational. I, did, I thought that would be the cup fault, but no. I'm plotting take him out of I was gone there. Thank God that was your question. <laughs> it's not the Al Sad bit didn't provide any clue for me to be honest other than he left Spain it was uh, just trying to remember Zaragoza and Atletico Madrid players yeah for sure um, the, the fact that I had to get Dave to confirm which player it was because I threw in Gabby and I got about five different players um, that that obviously threw me a bit uh, so Dave talk us through uh, why he makes sure three midfielders Gabby came through the youth system at Atletico and he was actually there in my first game 2005 I went to see for no other reason than two of the participants I went to see Atletico against Barcelona at home and the two participants I went to see were our current manager Giovanni Van Brockhurst and to hurl the worst abuse I could think of at his friend and then teammate Henrik Larsson because they were both there and that was my first exposure <laughs> to Atletico and sitting in the stand the atmosphere if you watch the uh, end of the Man City game, you'll see the, the passion of the fans, that just shone through and that's why I support them, but besides the point, saw Gabby, he left, Atletico had a policy of letting guys go out and try to buy them back later in their careers, and he came back and was more or less instantly made the captain, not at a particularly great time for the club, but he then continued as captain under Simeone, which says a lot, and was really the kind of archetypal homegrown captain, clean cut, fresh faced, hard working, local boy, boyhood fan, everything you want. Also a very good footballer. If it hadn't been for the fact that Xavi and Iniesta were there at the time and Spain had probably the world's best midfield for his entire career, he would certainly have played um, international football. But two footed, good free kick, good set piece crossed for Godin in that game that I mentioned uh, and more importantly for me one of the things that I value apart from the, the inspiration and spontaneity of a gas coin as a worker a hard worker and that's what Gabby was covered everybody in fact he genuinely did in one game the Spanish press made a big thing of it where the heat map stats he had actually been in every area of the pitch and the track his heat map covered the entire pitch in one game showed how hard he worked and how diligent he was and the ultimate captain and lifted some of the most iconic trophies in the club's history the more recent ones the Copa del Rey in 2013 which was the first time Atletico would beat Real in any competition for more than 10 years at that point I think off the top of my head um, that was the springboard that Copa del Rey trophy was the springboard for subsequent victories in the Europa League, in which he scored in the final, and the league, which when I started supporting Atletico was literally the furthest thing from MD's mind, becoming champions. And Gabby was there as captain throughout that. Um, fantastic captain, fantastic guy, on the park, a leader, but not a flashy player, which is why I'm surprised. And it's to Eddie's credit that he got it, because he never caught the headlines, not even as much as Koki, who was his counterpart in the midfield and still there, and is now the captain. Gabby just flew under the radar, but one of these guys that's just loved by fans of the club. Yeah, Eddie, you managed to pull a guess out. Um, 
you know, definitely, definitely not Googling or anything like that. So, um, yeah, talk us, uh, talk us through your views on Gabby and, uh, yeah, how you think he uh, rates inside Dave's team. So I, I have no opinion because the only reason I know him is from too many years playing football manager. Um, I used to go Valencia, so I got to know a, a number of players from a football manager side of uh, the game, but I, I don't think I've ever really seen him play in an actual match. Did he? Did you say he's never played for Spain? That's correct. Um, he's played. Uh, yeah, he's played for the under twenties and under twenty ones, but never played for the um, the senior international team. Yeah. I, I, I can't think of a game, to be honest, I've ever actually seen him play, so I, I can't comment on him as a player. Um, it was a decent signing in Football Manager. I'll give him that. Um, you could get him as a relatively decent uh, price, and he always performed. But that's about all I can give you on him, I'm afraid. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine. Um, Scott, any uh, any uh, further views? Um, no, I, I can't. I can't really comment. Um, I think I remember him mostly as your, your sort of workhorse midfielder. Probably, I'm talking maybe 2015 to what was it? Champions League of the Eight, 2018. About about that time, I remember him mostly for there. And as I said, from what I have seen of him, he looked like a workhorse. Um, I think obviously, Koki uh, does get the. The plaudits, but for someone like Dave, who's who's a, a fan that watches him week in week out, and also knows how the the locals feel about the player and stuff like that, I, I can't object to the choice to be playing for a to be playing for a squad like that and playing at a consistent level and making the amount of appearances that you mentioned as well. Then you you can't argue with a solid midfielder behind there. So no, if it, whether it's sentimental and ability doesn't matter. No, fair fair shout, Dave. Yeah, can leave Gabby out. That's absolutely fair. And hey, Dave, it's your team. Okay, and uh, now we're going to go to your final midfield choice, Dave. Uh, this guy has played for Blackburn Rovers and Birmingham City and has made 45 national team appearances but scored three goals along the way. Uh, Scott, you're up with a guess. Who do you think it is? Barry, 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 Fergus. <laughs> uh, yep, uh, that is correct. Um, I am sure there will be some views from the rest of the panel on this one. But, uh, I just want yes. to see Eddie get raging about having to get Gabby. Can I get that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a roller coaster and difficulty here. Uh, but, you know, it, it's hey, it's the way Dave laid out his team. What can I tell you? Um, Dave, uh, before we get very stabby with this one, uh, talk us through your pick of Barry Ferguson. Right. This, this was another agonising choice. Uh, more so because of the sort of post and well actually the, some of the things that went on at Rangers and his post Rangers not necessarily career but his post Rangers sort of media output so this is one I had to agonise over and I, I don't if it hadn't been for lockdown weirdly enough I don't think Barry would have got back in because it was watching the kind of 2002-03 period cup finals when they were re-screened live on STV that really made me sit up again recently and take notice because if I'd have been for that chance to reappraise him 
Barry's contribution to Rangers and the media, particularly his recent stuff about how we should write off the cup cough. I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying about him in the media. But as a player coming through, I, I genuinely loved him at the time. Again, young guy, homegrown, fan of the club. I understand some take that a pinch of salt, but uh, coming through towards the end of Walter season, he played one game, I think, and looked good. But even in, in Advocate's early days when he burst into the team, he came in with such an assuredness and confidence and composure that he was the equal of any of the Europeans that we brought in for composure, skill on the ball. He probably kept Gattuso out of that midfield berth. I don't know if Gattuso's style of play would have been preferred anyway, but he was up there with Ambrockhurst on the pitch, probably ahead of Ambrockhurst at times in terms of some things he could do. And let's not forget, for a period, 99-2000, Ferguson was spoke about in the same breath as Gerard and Lampard and was linked with better clubs that he probably still went to at that time and maybe would have had the career of them. But in terms of ability, we've not produced anything like that since Durant, who is, I remember, the latter stages of Durant's career. And we've had flashes of it since with homegrown guys, but nothing like Ferguson. And again, the leader, the driving force of the team, the, the season 2002-2003 is probably the best individual season from a Rangers player I've ever seen, if not certainly one of them. I only think really uh, Loudon and Gascoigne's main seasons and Rickson and maybe maybe Tav first half of last season where one guy was the driving force but Ferguson did that in a team full of international stars and even when he came back first half of his time back was the driving force of the team for Walter and it went a bit sour I've had to separate some of that and some of the media stuff from his contributions as a player but if you judge it solely on the park stuff for me first half of his career Barry Ferguson definitely is up there yeah, we uh, we got into this um, when you were going through the picks for your team, Dave. And yeah, I think there's there has to be an element with uh, with Barry of uh, maybe differentiating the off field and on fields, uh, you know, behaviour of the player. Um, but I'll let the lads get into it. Uh, Scott, you're up first. Uh, your views on Barry Ferguson? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad you said that, Andrew and Dave. Uh, and I know Eddie's probably said it while he's on mute as well, but. I'm talking sheerly about Barry the player here. I'm maybe not so happy with his media stuff, but as a player, for a young man to go out there and captain a side and be an absolute stalwart in a midfield that features the likes of Claudio Reyna, George Alberts, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, there's no, there's no uh, sugarcoating the, the, the talent that the boy had. There's no denying it. Um, from that age onwards, he was a leader. You hear a lot of stories about Barry the moaner. He was always getting on it someday. And I'm, listen, that's the type of player you want to be playing with because if somebody's not doing their job, he's pulling you up for it. And trust me, if he's pulling somebody else up, if he makes a mistake, he's kicking his own arse 10 times harder. So an absolute leader, a born winner. Uh, and for me, probably the greatest midfielder that Scotland has produced since Graham Souness. And that's maybe this maybe whether we decide that David Cooper was a midfielder or not, or whether he's a he's a, a forward or whatever. But I'm just saying for for me, I think a once in a generation talent, something we're severely lacking these days. Not even just the 
the, the ability. I mean, I, th- I think we get reminiscence of it these days with, with guys like Steve Davis, the general that would you hear, yeah, I remember going to, I, I don't know if I've mentioned before, I, I've been to plenty of Blackpool games and we had guys talking about I, I remember having a conversation with a guy in the pub before the game, he said, oh, I was like, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing Barry plays. Oh, back past Barry. I'm like, I was like, I Barry that never loses a fucking ball. Barry that when he does play that one forward pass, something comes of it. And then uh, <laughs> It was a, a weird one. Um, I don't know. Just just asking. I'll, I'll let everybody respond. You know the you know those Budweiser competitions where it's always like tickets for a match or tickets for the FA Cup or something like that. Yep. Has anybody ever applied for one, right? Or is it just one of those ones that you throw the four packet or the the crate number in the bin and you don't even do it? <laughs> nah, never applied. The only competition I've ever really applied for, I think. Football context was to play on the big play FIFA ninety eight or something like the big screens against Gaza. I never hmm. won, and I've never found any evidence that it actually happened. So if anybody's <laughs> got any evidence that some wee guy played Gaza on the big screens at Ibrox at FIFA, then let me know. Or was it just some mad fever dream? Anyway, carry on, Scott. Sorry. <laughs> the only thing that makes that worse is knowing it's FIFA ninety eight, and you might have been able to play the the unbelievable indoor football. <laughs> um, no, well, I, I've done a, a daft wee competition, and it was like I won. Uh, tickets to the FA Cup and uh, the dates that they gave me I had a certain amount of matches that I could pick from and I seen that Fleetwood Town were playing now um, in that game that's some would, competition uh, you won there Scott tickets for Fleetwood yeah. Town listen they were free and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and I would hear don't knock the Cod Army by the way <laughs> Fendi's no being high but cracking me stadium Um but no, I went down there and on the, it must have been the Thursday, Barry Ferguson had went to Blackpool and gone to Fleetwood, so I was there for his debut, which was a 3-0 win over Bromley. Uh, Big John Parkin scoring two. And from, uh, this is just all off the top of my head, by the way. And uh, Barry, man of the match, best player in the park. So at that age, still bossing it at Fleetwood, who are now, now a fairly good level side. I genuinely thought we were getting a story there about hospitality at the Birmingham League Cup final. Not that you were the only person to enter the competition that got you the pre-qualifiers for the first round. I'm glad I was there Fleetwood B Bromley, <laughs> right? So <laughs> <laughs> But no, I'm just it's just just a sheer coincidence that I just went, oh, I'll pick I'll pick Fleetwood because I'm sitting going, I've got cousins down in Blackpool. So I just went, oh, so I not a long journey and I've got a place to stay. And then the Thursday, yep. Barry Ferguson signs for him. So, yeah, new result there. Magic. All right, I'm sure Eddie's uh, got some views to express about Barry Ferguson. So let's get into that. Yeah, I think it's uh, the same as the lads. You've got to differentiate between Barry the player and, and Barry the post player, um, or even actually just off the field, Barry. Um, it says a lot about uh, how good of a talent he was that he managed to come in as a a youth player and dominating games, playing alongside Dutch internationals, Italian internationals, Russian internationals, Argentinians, and still be the standout player in games. Um, he was absolutely phenomenal when he broke into that Rangers team. I think probably not play style-wise, but career projection, you would have projected him the same way that Ian Durant was projected early on before his injury. Um, expecting him to go to the very top, could see him 
easily at that point signing for a Juventus um, and Inter Milan. I probably would have said more Serie A than La Liga, but you, you certainly could see him or going down the Premier League for Liverpool. I, I was a bit disappointed when he left and went to Blackburn Rovers. Um, I think his career outside of Rangers, I know he, he did some good stuff with Birmingham, um, but I think just looking at it as a CV, his career outside of Rangers isn't as big as what it probably could have and should have been. Um, I think if he'd planned it a bit better and been advised of it better, he probably could have played for bigger teams. But as far as being a Rangers player, um, he was absolutely fantastic. The lads are right, a once-in-a-generation talent. Um, and, you know, he was a great captain as well to take over the captaincy. It's it's interesting having him in the same team as Amoruso because now you're going to have your decision on who you want your captain <laughs> to be there, Dave. Yeah, um, the same place. Well, my captain's Stavon there. He's it. <laughs> Get him out, Sam. Get him out now. But uh, yeah, no, a, a great pick. Um, brilliant player. Great player for Rangers. Great career for Rangers. Maybe he's not as great outside of Rangers. Managerial career's not been all it's been cracked up to be, but you can't argue with anything he did um, when he played for us. All right. Uh, well, we're done with the midfield. We're going to go on to the forward line now. Um, and we start with a player who has played this for. This isn't Fernando Torres. I quit. <laughs> well, well, it is, is going to be your guess, but let me give you some clues first, all right? I'm sorry, we've got to accept your first answer. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Torres is the fucking next one. Uh, right, uh, this player played for Manu, Villarreal, and of course Atletico Madrid, and uh, oh, has made. Um... 112 national team appearances with 36 goals. Absolutely garbage for Man United as well. <laughs> uh, Diego Forlan. Uh, it's very correct, today. Uh, you've got it in one. Uh, yeah, Dave, uh, talk us through Diego Forlan and uh, why he's made your pick. Uh, oh my God. This guy is... the Again, the theme of this has been guys I love, been guys who made me emotional probably cried when they left the club I supported and Forlan was in his time at Atletico probably the best striker in the world he won the golden boot he'd already won it at Villarreal and one of the rarest of things is a forward a great goal scorer and he scored lots of goals but also a scorer of some fantastic goals I've actually always kind of carried him in my heart but I've never really watched this kind of highlight reel back for a long period of time and I did in preparation for this and you need to check it out his highlight reel is sensational you'll probably remember him more for the 2010 World Cup but his ability to shoot from outside the box was absolutely unparalleled from a forward even our very own uh, but probably not here for much longer Roy McKay and guys like Walter Pandiani at the just period before were great shooting outside the box. Forland could score from 30 yards with frightening regularity with both feet. He was no stranger to a header, no stranger to a close-range goal. But honestly, go and watch the highlights and you'll see the guy was just good for a goal from absolutely anywhere. He had a signature move. He'd drop into midfield, pick it up, turn, get it on his left and just swaz it across the keeper from 25, 30 yards. And his partnership with Aguero in that period was was. Frightening, one of the best I've ever seen. Aguero was more of a kind of 
unpredictable dribbler at the time than the kind of lethal forward they became. But the two linked up so well, and big part of the club's modern rehabilitation was was actually selling Torres and using the money to buy Forlan. And in all honesty, they probably traded up in terms of goals for all Forlan. As for all Torres represents certain things about the club and the, the rebirth of the club from coming up from the lower division. Torres' best period was probably before I supported the club in terms of his impact. And then when he came back, he was a bit of a kind of, I don't know, a, a kind of on-field mascot. He was, he was kind of finished by that point and was used in a kind of ceremonial role. Did get goals, but nothing like before. And I think we all know his career kind of petered out. But Forlan, left, right, head, any distance, anywhere you like, and fired the club to the 2010 Europa League which was the club's first trophy since 96. I was at the final. I was at the semi-final as well. The semi-final was at Anfield. And he scored down there. He scored a terrific goal from a Reyes cross where he stabbed it under the keeper. Um, Brilliant finisher. Scored two in that final in Hamburg and just got the team over the line. First trophy. Never, I never really thought I'd see it win a trophy. Certainly never the European trophy. Coming off the back of two years earlier being in Manchester. It was a tiny, tiny bit of catharsis. Uh, brilliant, incredible striker, incredible leader, international level. Absolutely, absolutely adored the guy. But as Eddie points out, yes, shite at Man United. I mean, you know, Rangers. <laughs> 10 goals and 63 appearances. It's not... Rangers currently have worse strikers right now. So, you know, what no. can we say? Um, yeah, uh, Eddie... Uh, your views on uh, Diego Forlan? Yeah, uh, my main memories of Forlan are um, he was not very good for Man United in the, the the kind of terms of what Man United expected from a striker back then. But I remember him going on um, when he went to Spain and having a, a really, really good career. Um, I think my main memory is probably the 2011 Copa America because I actually I bet on Uruguay to win it and they won me quite a bit of money. Um, so I have a bit of a fondness for that that squad. Godin obviously played in that squad as well, and Suarez. Um, so, yeah, most of what I've seen of his career was when he was at Man United. Didn't really set the um, the world on fire there. Obviously was aware of him when he was in Spain, doing really well. Again, going back to football manager, he was a great signing football manager. And then at that 2011 Copa America, that whole uh, Uruguay squad were, were great in my eyes. Um was a big fan of them um, for winning me a lot of money. So, yeah, I, I can I can see the pick. Um, I think memory serves right. He did have a good career at Atletico Madrid, but I, I won't have anywhere near the kind of statistical knowledge around that as Dave's had because I, I didn't really watch a lot of La Liga football. But, um, yeah, happy with that pick. I think he's a good choice for him. Uh, Scott, anything to add to your views on, uh, on Paul Lamb? Um, I, I don't know why, but his name strung into my head when Diego Godin get mentioned earlier on. Uh, Godin, sorry. Um, I, I agree with everything that's been said, um, and it's the same old, the same old analysis that if a player doesn't succeed in England, then he's not succeeded, and it's the it could, it could be the furthest thing to the truth. Um, I remember him at Atletico. I, I, I remember him at Villarreal. I remember him at Atletico. Uh, and that that wee season that he had at Inter as well, but I think he was one of these players who matured like a fine wine. 
And uh, that 2010 World Cup, he was on for top goal scorer as well. That was that was the year when Suarez done the the famous Maradona goalkeeping effort against Ghana. But um, no, Forlan was for me. He was one of these players that was written off because he failed in England. And no, it was it was an excellent player. Um, could strike a free kick. Uh, always very very quick to be in, in a position for a for a good through ball. Could finish with both feet and uh, relatively good in the air. So now I've again Dave Dave will have a much better knowledge of him uh, for his I think was it four or five seasons he was maybe at Atletico, but Dave will yeah. have a much better a, a much more in depth knowledge than me. So from from the what I've seen of him, no can't disagree again. I would check out his highlight reel. That's all I could I'll say. Find it on YouTube. It will astonish you. I'll do that when we finish the pod then. Thanks for the tip. All right. Well, we've got just two players left. And uh, for those of you keeping track at home, the quiz is uh, pretty tied up. Um, it's 5 4 2 Iddy right now. And I think that's just by virtue of him starting first. So, um, Scott, this is going to be your chance to. At least try it level, and we'll see uh, how dramatic we can get for the final one. Um, this player made 101 appearances for Monaco and then moved to a much bigger team, uh, made 32 national team appearances and scored nine goals there. Who is Dave's next pick? Monaco. Behave, you know this one, Scott. Got to get this one. It's just it's one of the ones that maybe falls in kind of blind spot. I'm saying going. Do we go sentimental or do we go? You've got to get this one. (laughs) This is this is where I'm going to lose the whole game, Anta. Well, if you lose on this one, you deserve to lose. <laughs> uh, Sasa, all I'd say is uh, think through the rest of Dave's team and uh, decide on which side of sentimentality and actual skill you should fall on there. Wait a minute, plenty of actual skill here. <laughs> Does he get another clue? Is, is that oh, it's got to be a, a time limit on this, man. This is a competition. Oh, I don't want to be giving yep. him too much. Oh, God, right, okay. Uh, how many, sorry, did you say 30, 30 odd internationals? Uh, 32 national team appearances and nine goals. Yeah. Fuck it, by Kaylee. Um, sorry, I'm going to have to throw it over to Eddie. Dado Perso. There it is. <laughs> Stoke tone with confidence by Eddie. Absolutely. Uh, yep. Uh, you're number nine, I'm assuming, Dave. Uh, Dado Perso. Um I'm going to let Sasa just recover quietly on mute. Uh, Dave, talk us through uh, why he made your team. Again, guys I love. Very short-lived spell at the club in comparison to some others. But just a guy I adored for the moment. I was actually quite sceptical of him signing. He just looked kind of awkward and ungainly, although he did the four goals um, in Europe and he did the, the run to the final with Monaco. I just thought he looked a bit cumbersome. Rangers were in a particularly great shape at the time. Uh, we signed him as a as a free transfer, but the guy won me over. The, the heart of a lion, leader, strong, physical, was quite awkward. They had that sort of dribbling style where he can hit his knees and ricochet about, but I, I just an absolute warrior. Popped up with crucial goals, 
popped up with a lot of goals in the helicopter Sunday season and was one of the guys that drove the team home that year. Uh, and again, a guy I loved, proper tears my eyes the day he left, albeit Gavin Ray decided he was going to sort of interrupt that and I never really got over that, to be honest. I wanted to see him in Kloss lead and kind of give them their applause, but uh, no, Dado, leader, fighter, warrior, character, some guy with the singing in the bus and whatnot. Uh, absolutely loved him. Goals against Celtic, big goals and big games. Loved the guy. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I absolutely loved Dado. Um, when I first started getting properly, properly into football, um, I was never into it really as a young kid. It, it became um, it became much more important for me. I think um, as I was growing up, um, I think you know it's just a, a kind of thing me and my dad could bond over. So uh, Dado was one of the first players that I latched onto because fuck, why wouldn't you, right? Um, he's um, I, he's the kind of guy you love watching play football because um, he always uh, gave you a hundred percent and. Um, you know who else can you say made uh, headbands iconic? Um, but Scott, let's um, you know if you've recovered, let's uh, let's go through your views on uh, on Dado Person. I've just finished in my Gordon Sawyer's. Ah, yeah, No, listen, Dave. Apologies, it was maybe just a bit of misjudgment on my part in the sense that, like I said again, with the Gary Stevens thing, you're a couple of years older than me, and I'm sitting going, I hate like Monaco. So. Yeah. Thing with that appreciation. However, very similar type of players. Uh, the big physical presence up front. You couldn't know of Dado. Uh, again, another half bastard. I mean, that's that's the thing that's making me look at uh, Dave's team. And we're we're talking about having a team previously with the likes of Cafu and Zidane and stuff like that. And you're sitting going, you know what? Yeah, fucking, we get a wee one 0 here, like. Um, <laughs> just a team full of hard, relentless bastards that never gave up. And uh, listen, take nothing away from Purcell's skill as well. He he could hold up a ball, but the boy could finish. He was never a shite bag in the air. I, I remember uh, was it the the home game against Porto, <laughs> and he went up and the wee po- poor wee Porto defender went up for a nice wee floating. I'll just glance this away. Dado Purcell broke his nose and ended up with about nine stitches in his end face, but spent about <laughs> spent about five minutes screaming at the ref for booking him. So <laughs> there's a party again, just whether it's a, the, the the old school man that you want to be in you. It's just Dado was that. And uh, just a wee quick question before we move on to Eddie. Uh, champagne is for girls. What do real men drink? Milk. Milk. You stole what my opening line was going to be on my part. <laughs> oh, sorry. <Eddie. laughs> Well, you know, Scott's got to get his revenge somehow after you've uh, <laughs> tied up the quiz here, uh, Eddie. But yeah, your views on uh, on uh, the main man. Absolutely love Dado Perzo. Absolutely phenomenal choice. Um, he's probably the last of the, the real big men forwards in a big man, little man partnership that we will see at the club. Um, obviously, football's changed a lot, but just everything he brought to the club, he, he was a real workman. And I mean, how many people go from working in a garage and nearly quitting football to ending up playing in Champions League finals a few years later? It's an unreal story. Um, he fell in love with the club the minute he arrived. 
get straight into the the open day training sessions, getting on a microphone and singing songs with the fans to the videos of him singing on the bus. Um, some iconic moments: the headband, the overhead kick, the um, sliding on his knees. It just an absolutely standout player. Looked a lot like Jay from Jay and Silent Bob, um, which was very popular at the time. So got a little bonus point for me from there. And uh, another interesting fact for, or well, might not be that interesting, but another fact for you is on Dave's team um, relating to me. I accidentally entered a Retro Rangers um, on Twitter, one of his prize draws, accidentally entered one and won a Dado Perzo signed match-worn shirt. Oh, wow. That's something to cherish. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have two match home shirts, one by Alejandro Bedoya, uh, there you go, and one from the 2012-13 Band Careers team. So you win that particular Battle with Dado signed shirt. Yeah, I think that's uh, only fair. I think that's only fair. I also have yeah. two. I've got my... Oh no, I've got three actually. I've got um, the Dado Perza one, I've got a Marvin Andrews one from a, a charity game, and a Cialini one from Italy v France. No way. Oh wow. That's I won, nice. on a, won it on a charity auction. I'd agree if you'd Sonia Marie's shorts, but I've never been, I've never heard that. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move swiftly on from that. Uh, let's uh, let's go to Dave's uh, final pick. Um, so yeah, Dave's, Dave's final player uh, played for Ajax and AZ Alkmaar among others, and um, in total over the course of his career made 426 club appearances and scored 258 goals. Um, Idi, I can see you raising your hand. I know it's technically your turn, but I want to give Scott a chance to at least earn no, no, some it's, respect it's... back. It's not about that. I'll let Scott guess, even though I know the answer. Um, <laughs> I just realised I left out my actual favourite one of my match-worn shirts. I've got Colin Hendry's match-worn shirt from the game against Parma. Oh, that's pretty good. I think we that's pretty that. good. I'll send you a picture tomorrow, Dave. Magic. All right. Um, Scott, you want to shoot for a guess here? I think I know who it is, but no, listen, in terms of fairness, it's Eddie's goal. So, and as you've said, we're going to be doing the season through goal difference. So, Eddie's got a chance to go ahead in goal difference. So, I'll be fair. That's very kind of you. Well, um, obviously, Scott's a a big uh, fan of Bundesliga and Serie A, and Dave's a big fan of La Liga. Um, my kind of preferences outside of Rangers is Ajax and Boca Juniors. Um, so I happen to know this one with the Ajax connection and the Atletico Madrid connection. It's Luis Suarez. Oh, oh my. Oh, it's not. Oh. Scott, you've got a chance to steal ah, this one here. What? Oh, is that not a fun for events? <laughs> I just... I was sitting. I was trying to think of Suarez's career. I was just. I know he played in in Holland for Ajax, and I'm sure it was Groningen. I've actually been to a Groningen game before. But uh, can you can you give me those teams again? Because Suarez was kind of on the tip of my tongue. But I'll make a try. I'll try and make an educated oh, I'll only guess. Only listen to two. This is my own fault uh, for getting too excited about Colin Hendry. Yep, uh, the uh, the two teams were Ajax and AZ Alkmaar. Um, he has played for other teams though. 
was there any other national start? Um, I didn't give you the international stats, but why not? I'm feeling generous. Uh, 61 times for his international team uh, with 26 goals. Um, and I gave you his club stats as well in total across all the teams he played for, 426 appearances and 258 goals. I'm taking an absolutely ridiculous guess here, but sees we're going about, sees <laughs> we're going about like sentimentality. Was probably his best goal in a Rangers shirt, a fucking diving heater in the Legends game. <laughs> um, you're going to have to give me the name here, yeah, Scott. You know. Well, I wish we'd get shot at Counterman, but I'm going to need to go for shot at <laughs> Did they uh, even that consider that? <laughs> I knew he played uh, for Altmar and Ajax, but I was just sitting going, did he? I was sitting going, nah, like, if I'd have heard something ridiculous with international status, I would have went, nah, but I, I was looking for a fairly modest guess in there. Ah, pride cometh before a fall there. Oh, Indeed. Man. Well, you know, let's not count any chickens before they're hatched, right? Uh, Dave, uh, talk us through your inclusion of Shota Avalazzi, <coughs> your uh, best 11. I'm still just enjoying the crossbar is still rattling from Eddie smacking his penalty against it, and I'm just quite enjoying that that feeling there. Uh, you were so close. Suarez was in contention, obviously. Um, great striker, the absolute king of shithouses and king of football. I've loved the guy since he played for, um, since he came to Liverpool, certainly, Suarez. And he's in my thoughts. And obviously, he, he another guy that drove Aleti to the title last year. He was close to being a team, maybe just longevity. I think what really done it for this one, though, was um, nostalgia and picking up the lads because I just loved the guy. Loved the guy when he came in. My dad worked with a Dutch guy at the time and they picked me up in the works van and the Dutch guy was in, almost in tears and was raging. It's certainly him. And it was because our lads had signed for Rangers and I knew him because of football manager at the time, the famous CMO 102. And I signed him and I thought, we signed a guy who, you know, you know it's like you get it signing that you know from football manager there's some excitement to that and what a finisher Arvaladze was again another guy probably a sort of step down in quality before land but similar that he could do left foot right foot always got it in the cheek of the goal always found a wee angle it had times where he couldn't score he couldn't hit a barn door because he tried to put too much power in it rather but did he hit the heights of some of the other players in this team, but a guy I just personally love for his finishing ability, striking ability, and again, his character, the dancing, and so on. And yeah, Suarez has uh, been left out for Shota, and that's done you a wee bit here, Eddie. But I was going to just give the only hint as uh, this player looks like Mr Bean, but everyone would have got that then. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So... so uh, you know, he does. And he dances fantastically as well. Um, Idi, uh, this was technically your guess, so uh, you're up first to uh, discuss Shotter. Um, your thoughts, feelings on uh, how he's obviously just an inferior version of uh, Suarez? I'm utterly ashamed, honestly. I should have listened. I heard the Ajax and then was too quick to jump in with my um, Colin Hendry story. Devastated. Sure, Arvalazi, I believe it or not, I did actually love him as a player. <laughs> um, even stuck a cheeky tenor on him and become Rangers boss before Gio was appointed after uh, some conversations in our group chat. I thought, Do you know what, I'll just I'll, I'll fire that on anyway. Um, 
glad to see he's doing a good job with Hull as well, managed to keep them up. He, he was a class player for Rangers. The goal record that he had um, to appearances, considering McLeish often stuck him out on the left and out on the right occasionally. Um, as a out-and-out striker, he was fantastic, but he was the kind of player who would just play whatever he was asked anything so that he could... Uh, so that he could help the team anything that the manager wanted from him he was happy to go in and do and he was just a, a joy to watch uh, what I would kill for a player like him in our current team in the style of play that we are attempting I think to play and not always uh, achieving at the moment but just a, a phenomenal choice um, I was very I'm surprised you haven't put Suarez in but I'm not disappointed I mean, I, I mentioned I was at that Legends game uh, recently and um, Schotter's goal was the the second best goal that Rangers scored, obviously, because Gaz's one was obviously the superior in technique, skill, um, emotion, obviously everything. But um, yeah, uh, cracking, cracking player in his day. Fantastic dancer. Um, the, the fact that I left out of his uh, clues, because I thought it was going to be a bit too obscure to be useful to anyone as a clue, is that in 93, he scored the first Euro tournament goal in the history of his country, because uh, it was the first time that Georgian football was uh, participating as an independent uh, country. And it was against Linfield. Um, but I thought that was going to be a bit too obscure for anyone to be useful as a call um, or a clue. Um Scott, talk us through, uh, you know, the, the guy who salvaged your uh, your pride here. Um, it was it was easy out, man. And I was, I was uh, to be fair, see the time I just went and woke up, just get this Suarez. I'm so glad I did. And uh, I was going, Suarez, it wasn't out, man. He went to, it was, it was Groningen. I'm sure he played for Groningen. So I was looking at the Dave, Dave your, your sentimentality for it and I know you're very similar to me when it comes to the type of player that you adore, but shot at again. I, I think what we can, if you look through every Rangers player, what we have, that Dave's picked has was fell in love with the club and been, whether they're not been the the biggest icon in terms of ability, have been a cult hero or there's always been something there and nostalgic. I'd, I'd, to say the vast majority of them have been absolute icons as players due to their ability, but Shota Avalanche was an excellent player for us, vastly underrated. I think his, his return rate was surely about 50%. Um, he couldn't have been far off about 100 appearances for us, and I think he probably scored, if, if known. Say, for example, he had 100 games, he probably scored about 50 goals, something like that, maybe in the 90s or whatever, but... 95 um, appearances and uh, 44 goals, so yeah. I, I, near enough a 50% return rate. That's mm-hmm. what you're looking for from a striker. That's probably not taking into account the amount of times he came on as a sub. He, he had a natural class about him. Um, he knew his ability, like Dave said, left foot, right foot, header. Uh, I'm sure it was, in fact, was it no, if we combine these two forwards, did we know when a 2-1 cup game in extra time against Celtic, we are a dad person and a shot at Avalacci goal. So, we did indeed. So, uh, yeah, I like the fact that the two of them are working together. So, if we're going to go down the ultimate team route, I would give Dave a good boost here for team chemistry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, no, shot, I just, again, another one of these guys you fell in love with. We never forget his dancing. I think, 
everybody knows his, whether it was in, in front of that when Barry was lifting the trophy in 2003, whether he was in the changing rooms, his, his rendition of the, the Dambusters salute or the, the arms outspread. It's just one of these things. You see Twitter accounts dedicated to it. That's a, that's a cult following and no, not without good reason. So uh, I, I will say I'm surprised to see him over Suarez in terms of ability, but I'm not disappointed. I've just realised, Dave, didn't you, did you used to have an account with his name? Yes, that's one of the reasons that's the team is because why I should, I should have known from that as well. My internet persona has been named after Shot Arvaladze since probably 2001. So I couldn't leave him out. That's excellent. Um, no, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this, Dave. Uh, you know, the, the passion that you've got for all these players, I think, is evident. Um, yeah, you've made good cases for all of these guys as well. Um, so it's been, um, it's, been, it's been great listening to you go through it. We said at the beginning we'd, um, we'd ask you to name a manager to, uh, to take this uh, team out as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're not going to do this for everyone, but we're going to do it for you because... Uh, yeah, it's 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 close. It's closer. It's closer than I thought it would be because this is the first time I've actually considered this. There obviously there's only going to be two candidates realistically: Walt Smith and Diego Simeone, both kind of dynasty managers at their respective clubs, uh, like the club to to heights that were unimaginable under previous managers. And I don't know. I know I'm on the spot. Uh, my heart, my heart, of hearts. Just get on the water. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. You know, the uh, the the nostalgia element to to your picks. I think that's fair. I don't disagree in the slightest. Uh, looking at this team, this is a team that you'd look at and you'd sit and go, you know what? Oh, we've got Borussia Dortmund. We've got Bayern. You know what? I fancy us for a one 0 So. Every one of these players has got, or one has got tremendous heart and the the, the fight and the game. Or one. I'm not letting it go. But for me, every one of these players, for one, has got the the fight and the desire. And I think if you've got one man to take it through, I know we didn't do a manager for Chris Beck, but seeing as he's the boss, he's going to manage his own fucking team. We know that, so. Uh, he's he's telling Alec Ferguson to get to fuck. So Dave, I'm so glad you said Walter. Um, even though I've lost on this pod, and I'm still ahead in goal difference, this is a team that I would seriously consider, and I'll consider it even more so that I get Eddie's entrance song in the final pod. I've just thought what I was going to say as well. <laughs> so yeah, I, I like the team. Um, I'll be honest. Much like what Scott's hinted at there, Dave, you were pretty much going to be my pick going into the final week just based on your intro music. Um, and you haven't done too much to make me change my mind so far. Um, I really enjoyed that team, talking about that team. Um, a lot of players that I've enjoyed watching over the years, some that uh, I know but haven't seen as much of as I probably should have, um, like Forlan, that I'll, I'll go and watch that YouTube clip. And one who I should have been able to identify, but got too excited and uh, gave a a terrible answer to 
what should have been an easy question. But um, I really enjoyed listening to that team and, and your reasons behind them. Um, it was a very fun team to discuss. Good, good stuff, Les. Thoroughly enjoyed that. The only final thought I have is that if I'm going to pick the manager, can we have Walter and can we have Simeone as his assistant? And I think that would render the team more or less unbeatable. And <laughs> Yeah, you're getting no argument from me on that one. Um, hey, it's fantasy, right? We're allowed to do what we want. We still have um, Jimmy Bell as a kit man. Of course, of course. I like you don't have an iconic kit man, really. Who else? Who else, right? I can imagine not going like the Rabsy has, but seeing them do like a Spanish Jimmy Bell. I'm just waiting for things to get too in depth, and then three weeks' time, they're sent to somebody. Right, so uh, who's your second physio? <laughs> well, this pod's nearly, uh, nearly gone for an hour and 45, so um, for the sake of our listeners, uh, we're going to cut it there and not get into Dave's backroom stuff as well. Um, lads, I want to thank all of you for taking part. Um, first off, Dave, thank you so much for um, giving us your team and uh, giving us something to, uh, to work through. It's been thoroughly enjoyable, mate. Cheers, lads. Pleasure. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Scott? You know, thank you again for for taking part. Uh, you know, well fought, but um, you know, you earn that uh, point of respect there at the end, and I think that that goes a long way to um, to building you up for confidence uh, for hosting next time. Yeah, that's it. No, looking forward to Andrew, uh, and uh, we'll not give away uh, our mixed guest who's uh, an ex professional. But I'm looking forward to seeing who his team is, as much as I've enjoyed having Dave's team on tonight. Uh, Again, to echo the words of everybody, thoroughly enjoyed it. Great talking through those players and warming nostalgic. That's what I love about football. That's what it's all about. And uh, finally, Idi, thank you very much for, for your contributions and you're this week's winner as well in terms of guessing the players. Um, not as big a victory as you could have had, but, you know, I think um, still, still a well-earned victory nonetheless. Yeah, thanks. Um, I've really enjoyed tonight, although... The victory now feels like it should actually be a draw and that last one should be counted as an own goal. But um, it's been a, a lot of fun talking to this team. Um, a lot of really nostalgic feelings coming forward. I think it's a, a nice theme that Dave's picked, a, a theme within the theme, um, making it all players that he has a personal connection to and it's more of a, this, this is my favourite team rather than who I think is the best team. That made it make conversations about the players a, a lot of fun um, hearing how much he'd enjoyed. <laughs> Sorry, Scott's just put in the, the chat all players bar one, and that's kind of <laughs> made us chuckle a bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, yeah, it, just nice it, it, being able to hear the reasons behind why Dave's picked them and then being able to share some of our own stories around those particular players because they're players that um, we all enjoyed watching play as well. Um, well, most of them. All bar one for Scott, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it's been a really enjoyable episode. Thanks, guys. No, no my thanks to all you guys again. Um, you know, it's all down to you guys and what you bring to it as well. So thank you very much. Um, thank you, everyone, as well, for listening. Um, we plan to continue this series uh, for a good long while. We've got a number of guests lined up already, but I think if anyone has got an 11 they want to throw forward, you know, I'm sure we'll find a, a way to fit that in. Um, so yeah throw yourself uh, up in the comments if you uh, feel like taking part but until then uh, thank you all for listening and 
see you soon.